superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply is exciting. What is that? This is the Rich Eisen Show. For anybody out there thinking this is a wrap because Rodgers doesn't have Devontae Adams. Leaping grab is made. Randall Cobb. Did you know that Aaron Rodgers in prime time since 2020? Touchdown, Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers is 8-0. And the Packers get the dagger. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests, former NFL executive Andrew Brandt, Academy Award winning actor Adrian Brody, two-time Academy Award nominee, actor Jeremy Renner, plus your phone calls and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, welcome this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on a busy Friday. I am your humble host, Rich Eisen, thus the name of the show. People, I can walk you through it uh, if you need, <laughs> one uh, one at a time. Just, what, is, uh, what is wrong with you? I, <laughs> I just like having fun. Let's How turn up, Rich. What's Let's up? turn up. What's up? Well, I'm not as great because, you know, I got Kyler and D-Hop and Fantasy last night. Yeah. So, you know, the end of that game and kind of the rushing touchdowns didn't yeah. really help. But, you know, whatever. I'm good. Okay. Mr. Feller, good to see you here on this show. How What's are up, you Rich? What's going good. on? Good to see you. Uh, and TJ Jefferson, how are you over there, hey, sir? Hey, Rich, just a friendly Friday reminder to anyone who may have forgotten that Biggie Smalls is in definitely the illest. Okay. Oh, very good. You're holding that up right there to your screen uh, on your T-shirt right there. You got your big-ass grab bag ready for later on in this program? It's a Friday. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. Talk a little hoops today. Okay. I like it. I like it. Got a new drop for the grab bag. Oh, he's got a drop, by the way. Oh, you do? Yes, yes. I, I didn't know that. Well, you hold it. Hold off on it. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, hold yeah, off yeah, on yeah, it. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, just like. Let's, well, he's a professional. He wouldn't have played it right now. I would think you he was looking for it. He didn't, didn't not he was go. searching no. for it. That didn't happen he's at all. searching for it. He was searching for it. <laughs> and I'll give you this hint, Rich. Yes. This is a story that happened to me eight, nine years ago that I've never really told anyone. I like it. Especially not on the live mic. Okay. So that's what the top five's about. And it's about a very famous basketball player. Okay. A little while. I like it all of this. as they say. I like all of this. Okay. Um, week eight has begun, and boy, did it begin with a corker. That was a fun, fun night last night. What a fun football game. Certainly since um, we felt like we were being robbed getting in, going in by COVID-19 with uh, Devontae Adams being a breakthrough case and Alan Lazard being um, a uh, an unvaccinated um uh, close contact, he's out, so two wide receivers are out, and then they thought that maybe Valdez Scantley could come back from an injury, but he couldn't. So the Packers are shorthanded, to say the least, and the Arizona Cardinals lose J.J. Watt with an injury that he played through, and then we find out it was damn near his entire left side of his body you know, coming off. Or... Yeah. So um, what a game, man. 
what a fun game uh, developed. A wild affair that was weird throughout, not just because you're watching, you know, uh, the Packers uh, come in shorthanded, but DeAndre Hopkins with one of the more remarkable plays you'll see from a wide receiver this year. He's questionable coming in all week with a hamstring injury. He's a game-time decision. The game-time decision is it's a go. And then he's running down the field, and Kyler Murray, who was harassed all night by the Packers' defense, throws one up for grabs, and and Hopkins, um, you know, adjusts his route to go get it, and the uh, Packers defender who is chasing him down, he holds off with a stiff arm so strong that he's able to grab the guy by his face mask, continue to run without breaking stride, and extend his hand, and it doesn't – it's just as straight-out stiff arm as you've ever seen. Obviously, it helps to grab onto somebody's – face mask at the same time doesn't break stride gets in the end zone touchdown call back though placed on the 20 yard line from the spot of the foul and then he disappears gone i mean you couldn't tell like his hamstring was bothering him and certainly you know his lower body was strong enough for his upper body to make that ridiculous maneuver to hold off a defender but he's gone but then he comes back in (laughs) then he's gone then he comes back in and he comes back in the second half of a game where the Cardinals begin to go for it on fourth down at parts of the field where it's dangerous to go for it on fourth down because they realize the game is out of reach, but he then comes in after the fourth down play. It, then we all know what happened at the end of the game as well, but where A.J. Green appears to not know the ball's coming in his direction. And Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, who kicks off this day right here on NBC Sports on Peacock, says that uh, his report is that there was uh, a hand signal at the line by Kyler Murray that A.J. Green didn't even pick up or didn't comprehend or didn't see or what have you, or the miscommunication was there because the ball whistles right past his head and right into the arms of Rasul Douglas, who makes a terrific play to end this game when it looked like the Cardinals after struggling for much of the day and being without J.J. Watt on defense and getting punked on the ground and not having DeAndre Hopkins except these odd instances of him running out on the field, it looked like they were going to win this game. And that's the thing, too, about the A.J. Green, you know, not seeing the call or not either not understanding the play call or not seeing the audible or not comp- picking up the audible because it looked like he was r- run blocking, which is Weird. particularly bizarre because the Cardinals were out of timeouts and they did what they had to do. And there were 12 they, seconds left in the game. They ha- they did what they had to do, which you know you have to do. If you're going to beat Aaron Rodgers on the last fourth quarter, last drive of the game fourth quarter drive if you're going to try and take the lead you better make sure there's not enough time left as the san francisco 49ers left too much time on the clock for him earlier this year if you recall that right yep and so they took it all the way down to the end they're not running the ball there no so why does it look like he's run blocking unless he's a decoy the play was going the other way and then the audible was it's coming to him but then why is he trying to, like, 
run block, like even mimic that he's run block. It's just the whole thing was weird and strange. And it was a weird and strange game. And that's the way the champagne corks pop in South Florida for anybody who's still remaining from the 72 Dolphins team and those uh, who are looking down and seeing the lone remaining undefeated team in the league go down. And it's 24-21, and Green Bay is now 7-1, and and Arizona is now 7-1, and which leads me to the Packers. The Green Bay Packers, man. 7-1 and right now here um, in 2021. And... This Green Bay Packers team, man, is now, after that first week disaster in Jacksonville against the Saints. Yeah, that's where, what the circumstances were. This Green Bay Packers team is now not only the owner of the longest winning streak in the NFL. It was Arizona at seven to start the season. Now it's Green Bay at seven after the season opening boat race loss that had folks wondering if Rodgers cared or if Rodgers' off-season stance had upset a locker room that was still coming together around the concept that he was gone and he was not coming back, but now he's back trying to figure him out. After that loss, maybe they're not the same anymore. Not around these parts. You didn't hear that from this mic. (laughs) Because this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. And this is a very talented team we're talking about. And this coach is pretty damn good too, huh? How good is this coach? How good is this coach in Matt LaFleur? He's really friggin' good. And how good is this coaching staff without their defensive coordinator last night? Because he's out with COVID too on a short week with a short roster and getting big-time results. That is a big-time team effort. But it all, of course, it all does come from 12. Top to bottom, soup to nuts, the owner of the Chicago Bears and the MVP quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, now uh, a moonlighting general manager who gets to look around and see this team at 7-1. and one. And this team at 7-1 and one appears to be better than the last two teams that went 13-3. and three. Just kind of feels that way. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers feels, it appears to be, more involved, more invested, it seems. Not like caring, but the guy who he said, I want to go get you got to get this guy for me. What appears to be the case, I'm coming in from the cold, but I still want some assurances. I want trust. What did he say? Trust and respect, right? That's right. That's all I wanted. That's what he said that he he mentioned here uh, when he came on this show a few weeks ago. That's what he wanted. I wrote it down. I got to find it in my notes right here. Like Al Green, he wanted love and happiness. Right? I mean, it's very difficult to find, you know, but he wanted that, and he's like, go get me Randall Cobb. Okay, the guy who's buried on the depth chart in Houston, that guy. <laughs> that guy used to be around here, and we're getting that guy. All right, let's get him that guy. 
You know, <laughs> let's do let's do him a solid, right? Yep. And two touchdowns. That's the guy that he leaned on last night to score the two touchdowns and his two touchdown passes. To now, by the way, make him uh, nine and zero in primetime games since the beginning of last year with a touchdown to interception ratio of twenty eight to one, and now eight and zero with Devontae Adams out in the Matt Lafleur era. And so the GM button he pushed helped the quarterback push the buttons last night. And you got to give it up to Gutekunst, too, by the way. A.J. Dillon, remember we made fun of that draft choice? Like, okay, you need, like, Aaron Jones is going crazy. Aaron Rodgers wants some help at wide receiver. And you go get him a running back. Mm-hmm. Got to give it up to the team effort last night. Number 28 was rolling downhill. And a couple a couple times when they were inside the, the 10 and they're going for it. Remember after Rondell Moore muffed the punt? Yeah. Setting them right up there. They only got three out of it. They tried. They threw it three times, and I'm wondering, why not roll A.J. Dillon, bowl him down the lane when he's cracking pins all night? That guy had a heck of a night, too. Yeah. And so did the defense that ran all over the place and chased Kyler Murray down and totally had him off his game. Totally had him off his game. You know, their, touchdown, their touchdowns last night were all on the ground. Murray definitely – Murray missed – um, Christian Kirk down the middle t- towards the end of the game last night. But it does appear that Rodgers is more invested in all of this. And they're also winning games you're not expecting them to win. Like last night, they're winning games that they're supposed to win. They're winning games that they're not reportedly, allegedly supposed to win. Their division does not appear to have a uh, a suitor to try and track him down with all due respect to the Vikings coming off of a bye week doesn't look like the Bears or the Bears are who we thought they were uh, a team that's going to be struggling and have an up and down season with a rookie quarterback who's still green and needs to take his lumps and he is <laughs> the Lions are winless the NFC North the Kings of the NFC North are still the Green Bay Packers and the guy who owns the Bears I own you is the MVP quarterback coming in and has been dynamite with the exception of week one. So the question that we had about the Packers coming in, there were two of them. One, how are they going to do this year with all that craziness from this offseason? How How are they going to be able to put it together after all of that? Well, I think, let's check that box. The all of that is in the rearview mirror in terms of winning and losing right now. Seven and one. They're the one seed in the NFC right now going into this weekend. Now, the Rams have a very winnable game in Houston. And by the way, they have a chance to go eight, right? They have a chance to go match seven and one right now to go join the Cardinals and the Packers. It's the seven and one club this weekend. Um, That's one to look at for check your inbox right now for that contest on November 28th Rams at Packers that's a big one for the NFC over the steering wheel a month from last night that's something to keep in your mind's eye but the one question about the Packers coming into the season was how they're going to do this year and then the second one the one that where you're taking a look at the season-long storyline arc which is is this the end for Aaron Rodgers 
will it matter at all how things play out this year to see if he's going to want out anyway? This is what Rodgers had to say last night when it was brought up to him that it looks like he's really enjoying these games. Unless, of course, he's getting his chin strap scraped across his face and having it memed and, uh, and screen grabbed across all of Twitter. <laughs> but um, this is what he had to say about um, taking in these games as a Packer in this year after all of that. And I enjoy the hell out of them, Jim. I mean, I really do. I, I, you know, I adjusted my perspective last year and um, did some things off the field that put me in a good headspace. And I've just been really enjoying life and football in a whole new level. And I just have a greater appreciation for moments like this, uh, a greater uh, connectedness to my teammates. Um, I told them in the locker room after the game, uh, just to savor these moments because this is the kind of things you think about and talk about 20 years from now when you're done playing. The special locker room celebrations, the elation on the sideline after a big play that seals a game. There's nothing like this game. Uh, it's, it's a special game that gives you so many lifelong memories and friendships, and I'm so thankful to still be playing and still be playing at a high level in year 17. And every year is so different, too. You never know what the, how the team's going to come together and the chemistry and the relationships and the guys stepping up and dealing with injuries and, and all the adversity. But we have a, a good group of guys that uh, is a different feeling to the team than even the last couple of years. I'm not sure how it's going to finish up, but but I like the, the energy that we have in the locker room. Yep. So you hear that answer, and there's two things. Boy, this could really be possible that it all works out and he wins the Super Bowl or he takes him to the Super Bowl, and man, oh, man, um, he's staying. Because I'll tell you what, I don't think they're ever going to kick a field goal inside the opposing team's 10 on fourth down ever again. <laughs> How many times they go for it last night? I don't think they're ever going to do that again. And then Randall Cobb scores his two touchdowns. But he also said that he readjusted his way that he was going about his business last year and how he was able to live in the moment, enjoy the moment then, and then when the moment arrived for the offseason, something either didn't happen that he thought it was going to happen or the way that it ended caused him to say, screw this, I'm out. Which leads me to believe... Maybe none of this matters. Maybe all of it matters. Trust and hope, that's what he said. Beautiful things. But sometimes they can lead to despair and frustration. That's what he told us. Finally found the note. I think he was quoting a Metallica song there. <laughs> Trust and hope. Well, we'll find out. in you. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Well, we'll find out Sunday if his haircut is to be a member of Metallica, you know, because that's what his hair is all for is this, this coming weekend Halloween costume, I guess is what he said. But trust and hope. He wanted the trust and hope. Um, and the trust and hope uh, led to number 18. And when number 18 needed to step up because number 17 – and number 13 were out. Number 12 found number 18 two times. And they win. Short week, on the road, banged up, sick. And they win. What does it matter for down the road after this year? That's part of the question I really want to hit right now. And Andrew Brandt is a man who has been around. He was there for the Favre to Rogers transition. He knows the Packers organization inside and out because he used to be inside it. 
He's about to join us on this show and also talk about all the other things going on in the business of the National Football League. The columnist for the MMQB, Andrew Brandt, will be joining us. Adrian Brody and Jeremy Renner, that's an Oscar winner and an Oscar nominee. They're in both uh, uh, of Adrian Brody's got two, both, both have two projects. Adrian Brody's in The French Dispatch, with directed by Wes Anderson. He's in theaters near you right now. He's also coming to a TV screen near you in succession. And Jeremy Renner is on Paramount Plus's Mayor of Kingstown that's coming short, shortly to a silver a small screen near you. And guess what? Hawkeye's coming to Disney Plus from that Marvel Universe. Lots of projects to talk about. And AJ, uh, Jeremy Renner's a 49er fan of note as well. So, And then there's you, TJ's Big Ass Grab Bag. There's also... Chris Brockman, sneaky good games. Man, he's getting better. He's he's en fuego, to use the phrase of the man I mean, who precedes us. You on, can't see it right now, but my hands are NBC literally Sports on fire. On like, literally on fire. Very good. Let's take a break. <laughs> 844-204-RICH, number to dial here. Uh, getting ready for Halloween weekend on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Back with Andrew Brandt, the business of sports podcast host, to talk about the business of Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. So... I was sitting there last night watching this game, and I'm watching Aaron Rodgers. He's locked in. He's into it. He's pumping fists. He has also his guy, Randall Cobb, mm -hmm. his guy from back in the day, running it back again, certainly when he's the guy saying, I need to be listened to, I need to be heard. Trust and hope, again, is what Aaron Rodgers told us when he was on this show uh, back in September. These, they're, they're beautiful things, but they can also lead to despair and frustration. And I'm wondering if last year was the despair and frustration, and now the trust and hope is actually not only resulting in wins, but potentially a longer stay than anybody thought. 
So that's when I reached for my phone. I said to this man, how about you come on the show tomorrow and let's talk about it. He is the executive director of the Morad Center at Villanova, longtime executive with the Green Bay Packers and the host of the Business of Sports podcast, Andrew Brandt, back here on the show. How are you, sir? Great minds think alike. That moment right at, right before, I think, you contacted me last night, mm-hmm. we sent out a tweet virtually the same time, yeah. the same, yeah, which for people who don't know was that at the same time we have a triple threat from Aaron Rodgers. He could be executive of the year for signing Randall Cobb. He could be MVP while also being a team owner of the Bears. <laughs> so, Great minds think alike. Yes, that's when I, I just thought to myself, he owns the Bears, he's the MVP quarterback of the of the, uh, of the the Packers, but also a de facto general manager. And, you know, I did give some run to Gutekunst here because, again, A.J. Yeah. Dillon was a pick that, it, you know, uh, we were all torching him for because Rodgers wanted that weapon, you know, and as a matter of fact, not only did they not get Ayuk, they, they watched the Niners get him, and then they move up to draft Jordan Love and then get him another running back when Aaron Jones is clearly the guy there. And sure enough, look who's a two-headed monster last night when they need it, uh, Jones and Dillon. But the guy who got in the end zone a couple times is the guy that Rodgers says, I want to be here in, in, uh, in Randall Cobb. So it's kind of like, you know, all working right now. Andrew. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about our guy, Aaron, but I think organizationally, and I was part of that organization, as as people know, for 10 years, that is a huge win organizationally because you've got your superstar, Aaron, but you've got this infrastructure that a lot of people, like you just said, were criticizing in terms of not even giving Matt LaFleur and his incredible win-loss record the respect it deserves and certainly not the front office. Well, that was a win for the front office and the coaching staff. If ever was a win for the front office and coaching staff, you have the play of the game made by a guy they picked up off the Arizona, by the way, practice squad, Mm -hmm. Russell Douglas. You have a second-round pick that was panned last year, running through what was one of, of, if not the top-rated defense in the league. And coaching-wise, they realized they didn't have their top three receivers, and it was a run-oriented, ball-controlling-oriented, time-of-possession-oriented win over the only undefeated team on the road on a short week. That's a huge win. And then in a short week to come up um, with a, a way to get the plays called into the defense right. uh, with you know Joe Barry out because of COVID-19 protocols, uh, passing game coordinator and defensive backs assistant you know jerry gray and kirk olivadotti the linebackers coach that you, you put something in place in short order you know that might have been in place you know just in case to break glass you take it out of a drawer but you still have to execute it you know on a short week and then in a game that's so big it really did all all work out right there so um how how do you think matt lafleur has grown into this job because it sure looks like he's comfortable he's just got like this you know, the, the first year, uh, he, he, he looked like, obviously, he was new to the scene and new to the job, and we're, we're, we're just wondering who he is. But I haven't interviewed him yet, and I look forward to it. Now he's got, like, some sort of swagger on the sideline. Like, he's barking at people, you know? Like, and he, he and Rogers appear to be totally locked at the hip, standing next to each other, making the same gestures to, to the referees when they're, uh, yeah. you know, on defense. It, it, it really looks different to me. Andrew. Yeah, it does, Rich. And there's 
you know, the obvious answer is they've grown into this relationship. He's grown into the role over three years. But it's not like we're talking about a coach that came in and won six games. Right. This coach came in and has been to two, count them, two consecutive NFC championship games. I mean, I don't do all the the stats and all that. It just seems like if there's a coach that has the first three-year record of Matt LaFleur, it's a pretty damn short list. I mean, it's like one or two coaches in history that's come in and had the wins. And as I said before, I'm not sure he gets the respect he deserves because of one Aaron Rodgers. And that's sort of the blessing and the curse of coaching a superstar. But we'll see. You know, this... He came from Tennessee and obviously places before that, the Rams and Washington, but came from Tennessee, which everyone equates with Derrick Henry. Uh, he is really wanting to run the ball. And that sounds odd when you have Aaron Rodgers, but it seems like it's coming into focus now. And again, the top three receivers were out last night, but what a balanced offense. And Aaron could sort of rely on a different kind of game plan and then pick his spots with Randall Cobb and Aaron Jones being the lead receiver. Yeah, I mean, 37 attempts for Rodgers last night, throwing it in 34 on the ground for a buck 51 and a score. I mean, that yeah. is exactly what you mean by balance. Andrew Brandt here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, okay, so we've established that LaFleur is grown into his own now 33-7 and seven, um, as the uh, – he's 13-1 and one and 13-1 and one and now 7-1, and one, right? So yeah. 33 and one, 33 and seven now as coach of the Green Bay Packers, and he and the relationship with Rodgers clearly seems to be bonded. Um, and Rodgers is guy who's like, let's get Randall Cobb, and okay, let's get, let's let's give Aaron a little something, let him wet, wet his beak a little bit on on the roster, and then Cobb comes up big, um, and the, and then everyone else is performing around it. Is it possible? that we're watching Rodgers fall back in love with everything about the Green Bay Packers, soup to nuts, and that the the offseason of discontent will actually, with this regular season, lead to uh, a longer stay, if not his entire career. Do you think that that is possible, Andrew? Yeah, my friend, a lot to unpack here, and I want to lead with my head, not my heart, because I, as people know me from Twitter and during the games, I'm still a big fan, I'm still biased, but I just, I sort of diagnosed this whole offseason as Aaron, who was a good soldier in year one about the pick of Jordan Love, where we had a different experience with Brett 15 years ago when we picked Aaron, kind of after the championship game, was like, what's going on here? Because I get the feeling they want to move to love in 2022. And in so many words, I thought his people were saying to the Packers, let's just do it now. You know, why wait a year? Let's just do it now. Let's move them on. You're going to do it next year. And, of course, the Packers, in management, they wanted the MVP performance again before moving on to love. And they ultimately, I guess, for lack of a better word, won that battle. And Aaron has a contract accommodation, but not till twenty after 2022. But if you remember, Rich, there's kind of loose language when in the reporting that after 2021, Packers and Aaron will sort of figure it out. And the way I read that was he'll be involved in what team he picks mm. to be traded to. Mm. So... I have always thought that 2022 was the separation date between Aaron and the Packers. I've thought that. And if you're putting a gun to my head, I still think it. But my heart says, wow, 
he's so invested in this team. He loves the team. This may be sort of a real dramatic year in the history of the Packers and Aaron, and maybe it could continue. But there's two parts to this. There's the Aaron side, and I don't think his feelings have been assuaged completely. I do think he doesn't have this warmth for the front office, and that has continued, but they're professional. They're living with each other for six months. And there's the Packers side, where, yeah, we waited three years to move to Aaron years ago. I don't think they want to wait three years for Jordan Love. And I know you've got the MVP, but I don't. I think it's two years. So I would think this would still require, Rich, mm-hmm. a change in attitude for both sides. Well, I mean, the, the change in attitude from Roger's side um, – I, I I can't attest to right. I mean, yeah. from the fact of like he he's a singular person that I, I don't think that you could compare him to anybody else in the NFL, not just talent wise, but you know uh, neck up between the temples wise. I mean, in his, I mean, a perfect uh, example of that is last night he's being taken down by his uh, numbers on the back of his jersey. And the takedown is somewhat slow enough for him to be spun around and make eye contact with the official who he thinks should be calling a flag for a horse collar tackle. Like he's actually has the presence of mind to find the appropriate zebra that he wants a call from in the middle of the play. I mean, like there, I, I don't I mean, you don't talk about presence of mind and awareness. And, and clearly he now has that mentally uh, for whatever he says that his approach to life allows him to live in the moment, so on and so forth. So I can't speak to that, right? But what I can, I think, speak to is, you know, the football aspect of this. Wouldn't it be complete football, rostering, franchise, malpractice to tell Aaron Rodgers at this stage, certainly when you're seeing Brady do it to age 44, you know, how can you move on to a guy that's totally um, new, potentially very talented, and I know he could be there for a very long time, but you're seeing what's going on in Chicago right now. I mean, you're seeing what's going on in New York. You're seeing what's going on in Jacksonville. You want a piece of that by telling Rodgers adios? Really? Like, that's malpractice to me. That I think I could speak to. Andrew, what about you? interviewing me 15 years ago mm-hmm. and I probably wouldn't come on because I was with the organization Yes, you'd ask the exact same question the exact 100% same words instead of Rogers and Love it would be Favre and Rogers and there was no question I got more in those three years where Aaron was a backup which was you can't do this you can't move from Brett Favre to an unknown you just are you what do you want to end up like these teams with no quarterback like the bears at the time mm. so it's and again i am not suggesting jordan love will be anything like aaron rodgers but at some point these decisions have been made yeah the packers could go another year but then loves into the fourth year of his contract and I, it just feels to me like this has been the plan and if they win the Super Bowl and, and Rodgers is off in the sunset to a new team, so be it. I'm, I'm saying what I said to you on text, Rich. My heart says more Rodgers. My head says they're still going to move on. Why is that? Because you think Rodgers is still 
again, his answer he gave last night about living in the moment, and he, he made yeah. an adjustment last year um, that he's, you know, cl- and by the way, he's taken that on the golf course. You see what he did to try and carry DeChambeau against Phil and Brady too, right? I mean, like, it's not just, it's not just football. He's clearly doing it everywhere for himself. Yeah, so he's a different guy. When, I, when we brought him in first time after drafting him, I just noticed it right away. Just kind of this, first of all, off-the-charts intelligence and vocabulary you don't see with, with, frankly, a lot of players. And this sort of sense of calm. And I just attributed it to California, Northern California cool. But it's just this sense of calm and, and things, not taking things too seriously and this wry sense of humor. And then, as I've told you before, we had those two off-seasons where Brett spent the time in Mississippi. And I had Greg Jennings and Donald Driver and James Jones coming up to our offices and saying, I mean, oh, my God. Oh, my God, this guy. I mean, we love Brett. We love Brett. But, oh, my God, this young guy, Rogers. So we knew. Now, I don't know what's going on in that scenario with Love, but Love had that this offseason, right? Rogers wasn't there. Love had that. So they probably know a lot more about love than they did a year ago. Mm. And but Rogers is different from Favre, though, right? I mean, you know, Rogers doesn't have this this start streak that that was consuming a lot either. Um, I, I don't know if Ro- I know I know Rogers has suffered injuries, but I think he's in a better physical place than like at least when you moved on from Favre, you know, you kind of figured he he didn't have much longer to go. I mean, Rogers, you could literally get him for another six years because of what Brady's doing, and if he wants to do the same damn thing, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I, don't I don't know. It's not just its not just like, hey, he might go somewhere else for two years. He could have a whole other career somewhere else. If you, if you, or, or you could have a whole other, you know, dynastic run right. with him in Green Bay in the same way that Brady did after Garoppolo was dispatched. Andrew. Just, and I'm trying to put myself in Brian's shoes and Matt LaFleur. They're both, at, at whatever you want to call it, at fault for picking Jordan Love. I'm trying to think about 2019 season and if they detected decline in Aaron's game. He couldn't. He was he, terrific. He was sublime. That well, he didn't he win was MVP. Sublime but... these past two years. I'm wondering what happened for them to move up to take Love. So... You know, it may be as simple as, you know, I, I remember NFL Network people, uh, this Jordan Love could be a top 10 pick. You know, maybe it's simple as, oh, my God, look at the value. Right. But we'll see. Okay. I mean, there's a lot to play out here. God willing, he doesn't get injured. Uh, if he continues to play this way, obviously it's going to force the Packers' hand. But don't discount Aaron here. Don't discount that it's all kumbaya with Aaron and the organization. And... When I heard that LaFleur and Murphy and Gutekunst all made trips to L.A. this offseason and still had issues, that's still a problem. Andrew Brandt here on the Rich Eisen Show. I've got about three minutes left yeah. for something that obviously could be uh, talked about for three years. But uh, who do you think uh, leaked the emails uh, from John Gruden? And what do you think they were – was that possibly – to get everyone's attention on the other stuff with the Washington football team that has not been revealed, or was it just a straight Gruden play, or what? What? What tea leaves can you read on on that? 
my initial thought was someone from the Washington football team, but now I just think that that would be so silly and short-sighted if that happened, because look what's happened. The focus has turned back on them, for me and others. Why was it an oral report? Why is this in a drawer of a tenure of treating women the wrong way at the Washington Football Club? How does that happen? So someone had to realize if it's from Washington, this is going to turn back against them, or maybe they were so short-sighted they didn't realize that. I'm guessing someone in the league, Rich, because... You know, you have business targets here where Bruce Allen's a target. Again, that sort of leads back to Washington. But DeMaury Smith, a leak a day before his reelection vote, and they've had good negotiations from their side with DeMaury Smith. So I just think it's somewhere on the management side. My initial thought was Washington, but it's turned against them, as we now see. So I don't really see that. So I'm guessing someone either connected the league through maybe even law firm or someone in the league office. What do you think Gruden's next steps are? I just have a feeling he's sitting there, you know, not saying anything right now, just laying low. But I, I have a feeling we have not heard from him the last yet. What do you think? Well, my first, you know, me and my line, there yeah, will be Lord. lawyers. Yes, sir. That's why I'm asking you. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah, to sue A, the Raiders, B, the league, and C, both. And... I don't think Mark Davis wanted to fire him, so I don't know if it's the Raiders or it's maybe more bigger sources than him. In terms of his reappearance, you know, time has healed wounds for a lot less. And I, I don't see him on the sideline, I, I, if he wants, perhaps media, but it'll be time, right? There'll be a lot of time between when we see him again. And do you think there will be some form, Mark Davis says he wants to see a written report, that there was no written report on the Washington football team investigation he wants to see one and he called for it what do you think do you think that's think, just one owner talking what do you think yeah and i think he's the owner that's always still like his dad seen as a maverick and they've shouted him down and they're going to hope like everything this goes away there'll be a new drama and no one will be talking about it again andrew thanks for the call greatly appreciate it sir always a pleasure Rich. thank you there you go check everyone out uh check andrew brandt out at andrew brandt right here on the rich eisen show i follow him you should too he's a terrific follow Seven and one. If the Packers go all the way, boy, that would be something. What a drama. But what a start. What a win. Green Bay at seven and one. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on this Halloween weekend edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Still to come, Academy Award winner Adrian Brody. And then Academy Award nominee Jeremy Renner. And you and TJ's big-ass grab bag still to come. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. We just, uh, hey, when, 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 uh, when we go away, Terrestrial Radio audience, we're back on Peacock for uh, three minutes, waiting for you, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, but the content doesn't stop. So he played uh, Bill Belichick, who is, I think, three days removed from a razor blade. Um, Looked like he hadn't shaved in a while. Uh, right? He's yeah. just, because yeah. he is grinding tape for the Chargers, man. A lot of Herbert. And there's a lot of Herbert trying to turn him into a bear. Hey, now. As Marshall would say about the Ravens defense a couple weeks ago. Uh, asked about Halloween candy, he didn't give any choice. He didn't. He didn't. He was asked directly, "Do you like Snickers?" Now, normally he's. If he had just taken a bite of that, and then just turned back into some guy who was just getting ready for accounting, like because oh, he's he's that version of that guy when he hasn't right, had right. a Snickers, like that would have been great. Want to get away? Um, so <laughs> uh, he was. He just. Uh, he didn't really pay it much mind. He had a smile on his face. He did laugh, though. It seemed yeah, like he enjoys uh, of course, a little mirth. The fun side. little mirth, little mirth. Um, Mike Leach, different guy. Oh, yeah. Different coach. Mm. Different breed of coach. Mississippi State, this past weekend, boat raced Vanderbilt. Just crushed him. And uh, during that broadcast, I didn't watch this. I only saw the postgame chat. Uh, they mentioned the broadcast, I guess, during the week. They talked to him, figuring there might be a boat race against Vanderbilt, just rolling the dice. Yeah. Uh, asked him about his favorite Halloween candy and said he actually does apparently like candy corn, I guess. What? Which, by the way, I'm with him. What? And then, um, smart, I don't know the name of this uh, reporter, the sideline reporter, always smart to know your subject, Mike Leach. All you got to do is just wind him up. Just wind him up and let him go. Here is the post. This is on the field, interviewing the coach after a win. Here's this exchange with Mike Leach this past weekend. We talked about on the broadcast how you hate candy corn. What's your favorite Halloween candy corn? I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Um, (laughs) uh, When I was a kid, well, gummy bears, let's see. Uh, Gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? Uh, um, The the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is... uh, is when they used to have the the uh, sprees in a box, outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest, you know, there's still candy innovation. Although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but the um, the. Uh, you know, they have those Nerds Clusters, which is new. With the gummy. Yeah, which is good. The <laughs> Nerds Clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably Almond Joy. Almond Joy. Hopefully you'll get some of that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Thanks, Coach. All right, thank you. <laughs> Mike Leach. Okay, so he That's hates amazing. candy corn. He hates candy doesn't corn. Get candy. Which you guys, are, you guys are, let's take this one at a time. Hates candy corn. Yep. I love candy corn. Why? What do you mean, why? How? I do. At Rich Eisen Show right now, do you like candy nobody corn? Nobody like Chris. Nobody likes candy corn. I'll take him. I will take him. 
I will take them. I don't like the chocolate one of them. Just the the straight the up, straight up, OG straight up. Kind of looks corn. like kind of looks like those cones that you see in construction <laughs> yeah. site. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I need. Yep. Okay. I, like I always those. find candy corn was like your last resort. Last no. resort. Like on November the fifth, after all <laughs> the rest of the candy's gone, no. you need to get a handful of candy corn. No. There's nothing left. No. Yep. I disagree. By the way, um, sprees in a box. Sprees. He was very specific about that. What's the difference with it in a box than than in the usual roll up wrapper? I don't understand. I guess that. what's the difference between fountain coke and regular coke in a can? Like there's got to be fountain, it, fountain it tastes co- better in a box. Syrup. No, he goes to a candy store better. to look for him. He's on a search for it. Okay. Uh, next, by the way, great new fantasy nickname: Candy Innovations. <laughs> candy Innovations. <laughs> Write that one down. Uh, he's not wrong. Europe is better at it. That candy, dude. There's a place in Venice, Italy. Mm-hmm. Susie go. discovered it. On a walk one day called Captain Candy. It is probably destroyed by the pandemic because they're big barrels full oh, of everything. Put your hand in there? In, <laughs> and you put your hand in. You're supposed to, you know, like oh, scoop it out. Scoop like right, right, back right. Everything, everything is in gummy form, and they're huge. Like the size of, like those murder hornets or whatever. Uh-huh. They're like the murder <laughs> hornet of gummy whatever. <laughs> okay, they're huge. Murder, murder hornets of gummy whatever. Yes, yeah. nerds clusters. Yeah, like like, like the ropes. Kind of like gum. Uh, like they, really, they, it comes in like ropes. And then what? And however you feel that candy corn is the last option of of last sugar option. candy. Last I think option. I speak for the people. I, I agree. Almond Joy is the last oh option God. of like, of chocolate bars. Drink eating almond, almond joys. Ugh. I mean, whatever Man. credibility he had talking about candy in my mind, he, he just destroyed himself with a, a walk off about almond joy pe- table pounding. <laughs> I don't know, Rich. It's like he gave a lot of thought. That wasn't the first time no, we've had that discussion. No, no, no. Yeah, By the way, almond joy table pounding is another possibility. <laughs> almond joy's got nuts, mounds down. Of course, because sometimes it, okay. This is the Rich Eisen Show.